podcast from the 651 Carpets Plus, home of the Next Day Install Studios. FM 100.3, KFXN, Minneapolis, St. Paul. The Fan. From the ponds to the pros, it's time for Beyond the Pond on The Fan. Here are your hosts, Pat Micheletti and Kevin Fulness. What a gentle reminder that was why I don't show up early. All that Packers talk just emanating out of these doorways, listening to Brett Blakemore talk about his little, how the Packers have no, they all think they have a chance against the 49ers. Yes, they They're do. They're so delusional. Go they Pack do go. not. You don't really have the Packers taking down the 49ers, do you? I do. I know that guy does in his little no, number No, I'm, I'm with you, Jack. I'm cheering. I'm rooting for them. I don't know if they have a chance. Well, sure. Is it likely? Jack, do you know who Bart Starr is? Of course. I have an Uncle Bart. (laughs) What does that have to do with it? He was named after Bart Starr. Okay. You know what? But this is why. Have you ever seen highlights of the ice bowl? Of course. When he gets pushed in at the last second. And uh, the original. The original tush push. push, And then he has to throw his hands up because at that point it was illegal to do the tush push. One of the coldest games in NFL history. That's true. Man, that was a chilly walk, just walking from out there into the KFAN studios. Mm-hmm. Minus one, I think is what my car said. Yeah. This is a Hockey Day Minnesota type weather, but that's not for another week. They'll be up in War Road next week. But this weekend, I'll tell you, I had a chance to go get a coffee. I could have went and got gas. I, you know Instead, what? I got here early. Hey, and then I, I almost fell on the floor when you walked in <laughs> 10 minutes before the show. I saw a funny guy behind the glass look at his uh, watch as well. Uh, you know what? I'm never late. I'm always directly on time. Today, I was a little bit early. And it's because I was so excited for an action-packed show featuring a number of key guests. How about Bob Motzko? He's going to swing by, talk a little golden go for hockey. You guys had some fun last night against the Buckeyes. Yeah, they uh, th- th- that first period that they played last night, I think was their best period of hockey all season long. Uh, really well. And, you know, solid overall effort. Pardon my voice. It's okay. I lost it. <clears throat> you were um, calling a hockey I, game. I was, and uh, I was sick all week, but... Poor me. Um, <laughs> excuse me. But, uh, no, they played uh, really, really well. So It'll be fun to catch up with Bob Mosco. I don't think we've had him on Beyond the Pond yet this season. We so have it's, not. It's been a little while, so it'll be good to catch up with the head coach. We're also going to have the Schloss. Brad Schlossman, he's been, he wrote a, a recent column uh, trumpeting exactly what we've been saying on this show. Yeah, for, I mean, it seems like common sense, for right? For 10 years, yeah. But, you know, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to it with, with Schloss and – you know, great ideas. You know, looks great, makes sense, and everyone should agrees. be done. Everyone agrees, except the guys that make the, uh, the. But it won't. But it won't. It, you know, I, I'm I'm skeptical. I'm yeah. skeptical. But you know, and this is where every division one coach has got to lobby for it. Not me. Not you. Not Schloss. Not anyone. Every division one coach. And if they want to do it, they'll do it. If not, they won't. So then we'll talk a little college hockey with him, not just about his column, but about uh, college hockey in general. We'll finish up the show with Ken Klee, the head coach, the new head coach for the newest team in Minnesota, the PWHL chapter of the Minnesota franchise. And uh, they're doing some fun things there with that squad. They're coming off a victory as well. I think they're off until next week. But a former NHL defenseman, uh, pick his brain about what's going on in the world of hockey and the PWHL. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure he was in attendance last night where his son – 
is a member of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Good call. Absolutely. So, so that, that it all ties in nicely. And then, of course, here in a matter of moments, we'll be checking in with Patrick Dwyer, one of the newest coaches with the Minnesota Wild. When Dean Evison was let go, so too was Bob Woods. In comes John Hines. In comes Patrick Dwyer. And he's doing some good things behind the bench there. We'll get his uh, feel for what's going on with this Minnesota Wild team. Which I know you didn't see the the, the game last night, Pat. No, uh, it, it was a roller coaster. It was the season in a nutshell: the highest of highs, the lowest of lows. But they come away with the victory. Well, when I saw five power play goals uh, again, I almost fell on the floor uh, because we 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 just don't see that out of out of this team. And um, goes to show you need your special teams to perform if you want to win a lot of games. And um, a nice win. They 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 needed a win to feel feel good about themselves and, you know. Considering how things went in Tampa Bay, for sure. And two of the last three games have been spectacular, but the trip to Tampa was a spectacular failure. So they, they got some positivity out of this. They, it almost got away from them, but it did not. In the end, they came away with a victory, and it sounded like this. For Hagee, a shot that glance just wide. Battling for it, Brodine. It'll come the way of Hartman. It'll smack bank it off it, the boards. It. Go, a bank go, go. shot, and it'll score into the empty net. Ryan Hartman playing a game of pinball as he sails one off the right wing boards from his own zone into the vacated cage, and that's going to do it with 11.8 seconds left. The Wild in front 6-4. to four. How about Tom Reed willing that puck into yeah. the empty net? <laughs> Seals the victory. Yeah, boy, Tom. And joining us now from, I assume, Raleigh, Carolina, it is Raleigh, North Carolina. It's uh, assistant coach Patrick Dwyer with the Minnesota Wild. Patrick, that's Pat Micheletti. I'm Kevin Falness. Welcome to Beyond the Pond. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Nice victory last night. Uh, it, it, I was just telling Pat, man, it had the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, but you guys came out with the victory. Five power play goals. Holy moly. What a night that was. Yeah, it, it was a good night. and It was a good gut check for us, really, coming off uh, the night we had before in, in Tampa um, and playing Florida, who, who's a heavy, heavy, hard hockey team, um, had a lot of a playoff feel to that game last night. Um, so it, it was a good response for the guys and obviously our power play took charge and, and was really big in that. And then the, the penalty kill came through for us and six on five, we were, we were good and we were able to put the game away. Patrick, welcome to Minnesota. And, uh, you know, it's good to have you here. Um, obviously you guys are a little bit behind the eight ball. Now you need wins and you need, you know, some, some teams, uh, in front of you to, you know, to lose a little bit. Um, you need help is what I'm saying. Uh, that being said, uh, how's the attitude of uh, of the guys knowing where they're at right now and where they need to get to? It's it's good. We we obviously know what we have in that room. We like what we have in that room. Um, we know what we're capable of when we play the right way. Um, so really, for us, it's just it's it's one game at a time. It's focusing on what we can do. Obviously, like you said, we're we're probably going to need some help coming down down to the wire here but we we just got to focus on what we can do and trying to find some consistency in our game right now that's that's the key to us is to do it night in night out and if we do it that way we're going to come out on the right side of it um way more than than we don't patrick i'm going to bring up pat micheletti's favorite topic if you don't know pat micheletti is the second leading scorer in the history of golden gopher hockey that means it's almost his son, Brock Faber, is on this Minnesota Wild team, and he continues to dazzle. Last night was another one. I think ultimately he was credited with a goal and two assists, um, but that's just a, a, a fraction of what he's been able to do for this team, considering the injuries that you've dealt with. Brock Faber, to you, what's he meant to this squad? Um, he's, he's been huge. He's been our swift, 
Swiss Army knife on the back end. Um, you know, working the power play, killing penalties. Um, you know, he's playing 30 minutes a night, three on three in overtime, four on four situations. Um, he, he's just been a Swiss Army knife for us, and and he's been unbelievable at rising to the challenge. Um, really good at a coachability. You you know, you work with him on stuff, and he picks it up. He adapts it into his game. Um, very easily. Um, he wants to get better. He wants to learn. Um, really good at pushing himself. He's a mentally solid kid. Um, just just a well-rounded individual and, and human being. And you know, he's, he's really taken off on the ice. That's the good. The injuries are the bad. And you're without now Jared Spurgeon. You know, he, you're not going to have him for the rest of the season. Uh, how? How? I mean, it's it's a dumb question and it's an obvious answer. But how big of a loss is that uh, not having him back there to help uh, maintain? And and work with guys like Middleton, Brodeen, and uh, Brock Faber. Yeah, it, it's huge. He he did everything for us. He he was on the power play. He obviously killed penalties for us. He he was a very vocal leader back there. He was really good with guys calming the bench down when they'd maybe get fired up a little bit, or or just the right message and and echoing what the coaching staff was saying to the players. So it, it it's a huge loss, obviously. But we we've done a pretty good job, I feel of you know, kind of next man up in that rotation. You're, you're never going to replace a guy like Spurge. Um, but we just got to kind of do it by committee. One guy's not going to come in and, and fill his role in his minutes. So we just need guys to step up and in certain areas to, to hopefully, you know, to take over those roles and, until we can get them back next year. Hey, hey, Patrick, there's a fine line between, you know, being ready, knowing what's at stake, uh, you know, and the, and then going out on on the ice and, and doing it. Uh, listen, the, the players know where they're at. They know what they have to do. Um, you guys coach them in in the uh, in the, in the ways that they they understand it. And then, but but then the next step is 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 going out and doing it. What is a message that you try to get to them so you know they 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 are ready from the start that they you know are following the game plan how you know what type of message do you send it to, to to get that through to the guys well i i think first first of all you got to make sure that they're they're emotionally and mentally engaged in the game i i think that's a huge part of you know trying to do what we're trying to do on the ice is you got to be mentally and emotionally checked into the game and then just reinforcing to them that if we do these certain things the right way we'll give ourselves a chance at success and our skill and our hockey sense will take over from there. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll be plays where you see plays you can make plays. You, you know, there's hockey reads, hockey's going to happen in a game. You're going to have structure, but hockey's going to happen that stuff. But if you're mentally engaged, you're emotionally engaged and we're doing these things along the game plan that we'll give ourselves the best, best chance of success. And then from there, it's just a matter of going out and bringing the energy to do it. Man, we've seen a lot of homecomings over the last week. Uh, Matt Dumba coming back to Minnesota for the first time. Maroon and Bogosian out there in Tampa Bay. Are we expecting a Patrick Dwyer a video tribute in Carolina tomorrow afternoon? <laughs> I, I wouldn't count on it, guys. I wouldn't count on it. Um, That's very disrespectful, I think. Why would that be disrespect? seven disrespectful? Disrespectful to Patrick. No, seven years in a Carolina Hurricanes right. uniform, ninety-three points, four hundred. Of course, they're happy to have one of their one of their guys, and back. they should, right? Yeah. Well, how about you? Is is it a big deal for you going back there? It it, it is for me in in the sense that I know a lot of people here here still. Um, obviously, I worked with them for the last four years. 
Um, so it, it's a big deal. I get to see a lot of friends, but the the, the video tribute is, isn't a big deal to me. I mean, it would be awesome if they did it, but at, at the end of the day, it, it's it's not going to break my heart. Or anything. I mean, I, I love it here. My family's got got a soft spot for for Carolina in our hearts. Um, we we spent the better part of my whole career in this organization, but you know, at at the end of the day, we're we're coming in. To, to play a hockey game and, and to get a job done. What are you expecting tomorrow from the Carolina Hurricanes? Boy, it would be nice to finish off this three-game road trip with another victory and come home feeling good. you got just a handful of games before the All-Star break, and what a nice way this would be to enter into that final homestand. Yeah, it, it would be a nice way to come into that last week before break is, is to get a win here. Car- Carolina, they're a fast-paced team. They're an in-your-face. They're a man-on-man. They're going to pressure you all over the ice, so... Tomorrow we're going to have to be ready to skate. We're going to have to be ready to make them work and make them skate. Um, so to, to, to get them off their, their game, you have to make them defend and you have to make them skate. Last thing, um, I mentioned the fact that it was a roller coaster last night. Uh, your time here in Minnesota since getting elevated from Iowa, I, w- I would think has been a roller coaster as well. How have you assimilated to the state of hockey and moving from Des Moines to St. Paul? It's been good. It's been, you know, really welcoming area, really welcoming community. It's it's a hockey city, which is unbelievable. Um, every everywhere you go, you see Minnesota stuff. It, it's been good. It was a roller coaster, obviously coming in with the family and and getting the family moved from Des Moines back to to Northern Wisconsin and getting them settled in there. Um, getting myself settled in in, in St. Paul, and then you know you obviously got the hockey side of that. But it, but it's been really good. It's this organization's full of great people. The city's full of great people. Um, very welcoming, and, and it couldn't have been a better transition. Patrick, thanks for doing this. Good luck tomorrow against the Hurricanes. Thanks, guys. Yep, thanks thank- for having me. I appreciate it. You bet. bet. That is Patrick Dwyer, assistant coach for the Minnesota Wild. I'll tell you what, say what you want about last night, but the special teams were spectacular. The yep. Wild were five for six on the power play, which I think is mostly Jason King's ordeal. But the PK also four for four. They killed all four penalties they, they went against, up against uh, when you talk about the Florida Panthers. That's no, no small task either. Um, didn't see the game. You know, they, they would they give up four last night? Was it four? They gave up four. Four. And two of them came in about 18 seconds. Okay, four and then six the night before. Yeah. You know, giving up too many goals. But, yeah, or seven. Um, you know, they they got the win, so, so who cares? We're not going to dissect it. But the bottom line is... Specialty teams good. You give yourself a chance. Yeah, and and, you, and they and they obviously obviously did that last night. Yeah, it's too bad because they were getting good goaltending from Mark Andre Fleury as well. And at the same time, uh, Paul Maurice pulled Sergey Bobrovsky. Fleury pulled himself as well. He's dealing right. with apparently some kind of an upper body injury. He got clipped early on in that hockey game. And if fans have a, a, a thought on that. Uh, Lockwood grabbed him, clipped him behind the net, and he swung around and got him in his head. Ended up coming back into the game and and played for you know a period and a half before he pulled himself out. I have no idea if the two things are related. Very well could be, but regardless, Flurry was playing well. Gustafson's still showing a little ill effects from his injury. I think he still looks a little bit rusty. Um, but regardless, they figured out a way to to get it done. They got that nice cushion before Gustafson came in. They were up 4-1 at the time. Uh, they ended up going up 5-2 in the third before Florida made it real interesting in that final frame, and then the Wild pulled it can out I, with the empty netter. Can I put you on the spot? Was the NHL ready? No. Is that what you're going to ask no, me? No, yeah, no, go no, ahead. no, 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 no. Will Flurry be a member of this team 
at the trade deadline. That's, that's an interesting talking point. You know, I was looking at some of those trade boards and potential guys that could be leaving this squad. I'd hate to see. I I, I understand if he if he wanted to waive his no no move clause and go which somewhere, which he would to have to, to do, which he would have to do. Uh, I would understand him doing that. I would hate to see him go. This is one of the. This ride has been unbelievable. Watching him in a wild uniform get to a thousand games in the NHL, get to a, having started a thousand games, and then having reached that milestone of eclipsing Patrick. Uh, Law. Let me ask what you a this: ride. He's thirty-seven. Thirty-nine. He's thirty-nine. He's thirty-nine. Okay. Um, let's say hypothetically, you saw Mark Andre Fleury play. Would you know his age? No. Are you kidding me? <clears throat> no, it's like looking at I know, Jared right? Spurgeon. He I mean, looks like one of my kids. Yeah. I mean, he, he's got a he's got a couple years left in Without him. a it, doubt. If he wants to do it, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And there's no reason to think that he wouldn't want to do it. No. Why so. Why not, right? When you can still – I mean, it's not like, oh, boy, here we go. You know, yep. we're playing this guy. I mean, he's been – He's been he's been really good for him. Yeah, and if he wants to go and help someone contend, he's never missed the playoffs, and I'm sure that that's something. That's I'd hate for him to go to mind. Toronto. <sighs> you know, who I'd, I, I hate to I, because I I just don't believe in in the Leafs. But you know, you know what the rumor mill is? Colorado. <sighs> that that would almost be a you know, and and Gorgiev needs a break. Yeah, yeah. I think he's on pace for. 64. We're way late. We got to go. Oh, we, we'll go get ahead. back into this conversation. We yeah, don't want to make Bob, uh, Bob Monsko nope. wait. So let's uh, squeeze in a quick break. When we continue, we'll shift gears. We'll get over to Golden Gopher Hockey, the, the college scene, and everything else. Bob Monsko of the University of Minnesota joins us next on Beyond the Pond. Hey, Wild fans. This is Marcus Foligno, and you're listening to the best hockey show on the planet. Moore bursting up the right side. Drop pass to Pitlick. He shoots. He's gone. Wally Shaver, Frank Mazzacco with the play-by-play action of a 5-2 victory over the Ohio State Buckeyes having fun. I'm sure, is that why you lost your voice? Screaming at the uh, Pitlick uh, hat trick? Well, that and being sick all week, yeah. Mm. You know, but um, oh, he's uh, he's ready, Jack. Call him. He's going to call him now. Right. We'll, we'll track down Bob Motzko. But it sounded like... And, I know they had fun on radio. They always have fun on radio. Did you guys have fun on TV on Fox well, 9? Of course Plus? we did. did? Yep, yep, yep. Fox 9 last night. Oh, it was Fox 9. Yep. I have so much trouble. I mean, I can't Appreciate be the only that. one no, that has no, trouble figuring no, it out. No, no, I think people find it. You know, I know they find it, but I have a hard time keeping track of what you're going to be on, what well, you were on. Tonight they're on Big the Ten Network. and call. You're right. Yeah, well, that's, and I'll that's, tell you. Maybe Bob Motzko will tell me. He always knows where they are on radio because Wally and Frank do such a spectacular job. He doesn't need to worry about where they are on TV. But I know you guys put on a heck of a show last night, Bob. Welcome to Be on the Pond. Good to be with you guys this morning. Hey, awesome. Hey, Pat. Hey, Bob. Um, was the first period last night... Uh, you know, when you look at all the periods that you've played this year, was that one of your best periods of, of hockey that you've seen out of your team? It was, it, the the last twelve minutes were really strong. You know, yep. we, we kind of. I'm coming out of film, guys. You got to understand. So we we break down the game. Yep. And I got the disease of a coach. You know, yep. You're in there, and all you see is the bad stuff. Right. And and that's one of the scars of being an old coach. And and. But I, I have to breathe. I have to back off. Our energy level was great. We were above pucks. 
you know, our, our skill guys made some great skill plays, you know, all in the back half of that first period. And, and uh, most of that period, we played the way we want to play. We had some toughness. We were, you know, we were, we played with some grit. We got in on a four check. We were relentless, put a lot of pressure on their defensemen. And I was proud of our guys on, on because it's, we needed to do that. Like to, last night, I believe was the start of our second half. We have the six series against our league, and we had to set a tone, and 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 I believe we did it. And, and you know, uh, my favorite play of the game, and and believe it or not, it wasn't an offensive play, um, but I I just thought, mm-hmm, boy, you know that that's commitment uh, to, to your to your craft. And Brody Lamb on the back check that he made. And knocked, uh, I believe it was Burnside or Cassidy, not Cassidy down. It, and it led to the rush the other way, and, and, and Pitlick scored a beautiful goal. But but that back check alone, I I thought was was just fabulous. Yep, and I, I give our guys a ton of credit right now, and we've been we've been kind of really emphasizing that our play away from the puck and how hard we play, and we got we have to be miserable to play against. And and it's always somebody's turn to put in a defensive effort, a block shot, a back check, you know, a playoff, a faceoff. Those are things at the end of the year that win games. And, and we've seen a lot of buying, great back check on Brody. There's no question. We're on the power play. Yep. They're going to get a scoring chance. Yep. And Brody was behind the play. You're, you're right on. Good observation on that. And those are little plays that, that add up to wins. Um, we have to talk about Pitlick. Uh, you know, obviously we know the skill level and, and, and all of that and the things he can do with the puck and the way he shoots the puck, the way he skates and, you know, but the consistency part of his game, you know, I I don't want to say it was lacking before, but I tell you night in night out. He just he, he ignites your team, and uh, it's been it's been really really fun to watch. Yeah, P- Pitter's got an enormous amount of skill and talent, yep. and 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 work ethic. Yep. Uh, it's I always you know and I kind of I kind of kid with him, tease with him, you know, because he works so hard at his craft. Yeah. At at, at the skill part of the game, and but one thing about hockey, you can be as skilled as you want to be. It's in analytics and numbers and and all this that comes into play. We are still a sport that grit and determination yep. and, and playing in the hard areas are, are what has to happen. And that's where he's making, you know, and I'll give you like last night, his goals. That was probably the easiest hat trick he's had in a while. Right. But he just stayed inside the dots. You know, one puck comes to him off a face off. You know, he's standing around the net front, uh, and, and, and he, he makes the great pass. Uh, and, and that, you know, two goals were tap-ins for him. Yeah. He, he shoots the puck, you know, the two guys on that line that can shoot shoot the lights out. But that you get rewarded for playing the game the right way. And that's that was a great example last night that, that he, he's, he's getting dialed in and, 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 and like just being a little more honest in the game, playing inside the dots, playing around the net, good things are going to happen. 
they got rewarded. Talking to Bob Motzko, head coach of the Golden Gophers. They took out the Buckeyes last night, 5-2. The rematch coming up tonight, 7 o'clock from 3M Arena at Mariucci. It'll be available via your television on the Big Ten Network, but on your radio dial, Wally and Frank, all the play-by-play action on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and FM 103.5. I think one of the guys that you were alluding to there was Jimmy Snuggerud, and I think there's a special appreciation for folks around here for how good he is. 18 goals on the season, six in the last eight games, and last night credited with his fourth game winner. I don't want to steal your thunder, but Pat was saying you had some pretty lofty uh, comparisons when you were talking about his release. What what, what comes to your mind? Nothing comes to mind. That's what's crazy because I don't know – I try to make one comparison, but I, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody shoot a puck like that. And, and even the goal last night, it was in his feet. And and somehow he gets his body turned on it, and, and it was a missile. Uh, I mean, it is not just in college hockey where in junior hockey where I've spent my whole career, but I saw Mike Bossy score a goal in my first NHL game uh, at the Met Center that that even at my at a young age, I go that is that is different. That is yeah. special. And Jimmy Snugger shoots a puck like that, and wow. it is it is just crazy. And he does it sometimes in practice where it just freezes the rink, and the guys just start laughing. <laughs> and how he got the ability to do that is, you know, it, it is special. And he's going to continue to do that his whole career because it, it's it's on. It's going to get in there. It's going to, he's going to score his whole career, no matter where he's at, and and it's it's awful fun to watch. Let's talk about the third member of that line, um, Oliver Moore. And I know early in the year you were kind of you know who do I play with Jimmy and you know what uh, how, you know how do I set up my my lines and it, it seem it seems like things have have settled in now. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. Um, but but Oliver Moore. You know, you and I had talked about him and, you know, he's still a young kid and still had to learn, um, you know, the ins and outs of the college game. But boy, oh boy, um, in the, le- you know, since the junior tournament, maybe even before that, you could really start to see him um, come into his own. Yes. And, and, and I think when you use the word, like we couldn't settle on lines, well, we had to wait for players to settle like freshmen. Yep. It takes a while. They yep. just can't, you know, jump off the train and 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 they're there. And yep. you're you're seeing like he and Sam Renzel right now, what they're doing uh, the the last month of the season that and ever since they've been back are, are at such an elite level. And Sam kind of got off to a slow start, but it was it's a normal start for a freshman. Right. And he's just like a freight train, kept getting better and better. There was a there's a clip last night on on where Ollie just single-handedly turns the whole play on just straight line speed, you know, and, and those are things we're finding where he's playing so hard and uh, Ohio state had a superior uh, opportunity to get the puck out of the zone. And Ollie was 30 feet away, but his speed is determination to, to cut the play off and kept it in the zone. Uh, uh, was 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 remarkable and we just watched it on film and that's why i'm talking about it and for a young guy to play that hard and then make the plays like the pass he made to to connor kurth on his goal uh he settled in a nice little area he was rushing some things early in the year that was a terrific play by ollie and and 
uh, it's really fun because he tr- he's got a great heart. He tries so hard. Yep. The game's starting to slow down more for, more for him now. So uh, he's sure a fun one to watch. Saturday night in Dinky Town. I think I saw 10,000 fans there last night. That was the announced attendance anyway. I, I assume uh, you're, you're liking the energy inside the building? It was awesome last night. Students were back. You know, we'd been on break, and they were fantastic. They they just light the building on fire, and, and they gets everybody excited. Like gets all the other fans going. That's what Mariucci, I think it's one of the greatest uh, atmospheres in, in all of college hockey and in sports, and, and we had it last night. It was terrific. Yeah, that's what it's all about, college hockey at its best. Bob, thanks for doing this. Good luck tonight in the rematch. Okay, thanks so much, guys. Yep. There he is, Bob Motzko, head coach of the Golden Gophers. I wasn't there last night, but holy moly, it sounded like that was a blast. I know Wally and Frank had a great time calling that hat trick goal, and you and Sam did as well on the television side. What are you expecting tonight in the rematch? Well, you know, I think Minnesota's finally, um, you know, it. You know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, wait till January, then we'll see where teams are at. And some teams, you know, put it together, get settled. And and they have a rhythm to the way they play, and I think Minnesota is 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 getting there. Probably not there yet, um, but but they're getting there. Um, you know, they have a, a a purpose to what they're doing, and um, so yeah, it should be fun half. All right, Second we'll, half. We'll take a break, and then when we continue, we're going to keep on with the college hockey talk. We got the Schloss joining us from Grand Forks. He put out a column, also an interesting uh, series going on there between North Dakota and St. Cloud State. I'm sure he can give us a bird's eye view of that and much more as we continue on Beyond the Pond. This is Ryan Hartman of the Minnesota Wilds, and you're listening to the best hockey show anywhere, Beyond the Pond on The Fan. The Fan and the Big Ten want to help you win $1,000. Listen weekdays to win. Hey, it's Garzy, the 20... 20- now back to the 651 Carpets Plus, home of the next day install studios on The Fan. Beyond the Pond continues on a frigid Saturday morning here in the state of hockey. Kevin Falness along with Pat Micheletti, Brett Blakemore behind the glass. Now time to go to our friend, our buddy, our hero, Brad Schlossman. The Schloss, as only he, he can do, at Schlossman GF on Twitter. And he's not in Grand Forks. No, he, he's, he's in, in St. Cloud. He's in St. Cloud following the North Dakota Fighting Hawks taking on SCSU and that team came away with a, a stunning victory. I shouldn't say stunning, but they came away with a pretty impressive victory, beating the uh, Huskies 5-3. And I, I, I followed along uh, on Twitter, thanks to our buddy Brad Schlossman, at SchlossmanGF on Twitter. It sounded like a heck of a hockey game. Good morning there, Brad. Good morning, guys. It it was an excellent hockey game, and uh, Sometimes you need your goaltender to play well, and that's what North Dakota got uh, last night with uh, Ludwig Person coming back in the nets, and he was uh, full value for that game. He was excellent, made a season high in saves, and a big reason why North Dakota uh, won that game to, to move into first. So it's it's really a, a three-team horse race for that uh, top spot in the NCHC, isn't it? That's the way it's shaping up. You know, you kind of wondered, could, could Western make a push? Um, you know, losing to Duluth last night uh, puts them back a little bit. And um, I, I haven't seen Western in person yet, but 
think Cloud State and Denver are the two best teams I've seen in person in, yeah. in the league. So, yeah. uh, along with North Dakota, uh, I, you know, I, I re, you know, rely have not seen Western Michigan play, but when I look, I see bad losses, and you know, everyone's going to lose. I get it, but um, if people put them on the pedestal a little too high, in your opinion? Well, you know, they were tied with Denver going into last night. So I, I know, you know I know. It, it blows uh, me away. It, it's a point thing. But, yeah, I mean, if you were to uh, come to me yesterday as they were tied with Denver and say, um, you know, you got to put some money down. Who's going to finish higher? You know, I know who I'm picking. You know? Uh so I, I think they've had a good season, but I think you're spot on right now. It's shaping up to be a race between North Dakota, St. Cloud State, and Denver. And, you know, 10, 11 years into the NCHC, those are the only three teams that have won the league, and it appears it's going to stay that way again. Well, I, I give uh, Scott Sandlin and the UMD Bulldogs a ton of credit. Um, depleted roster, you know, just you know, problems all year long, right? And uh, and they go on the road and they haven't quit and and then lo and behold they score what they get six last night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for a team that yeah. doesn't that is you know has has lost a couple high end forwards and you know I mean good for them right? Yeah, uh, they they are right now playing without their top three centers. Right, their top two centers are out for the year. Their third line center is going to be out for, you know, a couple weeks here, two, three weeks. And they are getting absolutely destroyed on the faceoff dot every single game. And that can't be easy when you're constantly losing possession off the draw. Chasing the puck. You know, kind of chase and win games. But obviously they were able to do it last night. And I think, uh, you know, you said it, that's uh, impressive. They, they were they lost the faceoffs uh, 36-19 last night, and they're getting beaten about that bad every single night. But they had some uh, key goals from guys who haven't scored a lot this year. Um, you know, Braden Fisher, first career uh, uh, goal. Kyler Clevin, first goal of the season. So um, I, they need to keep getting contributions from guys around the lineup this season, uh, the rest of the year. I know Kevin um, probably forgot to, to mention it, but I'm going to. Uh Congratulate you on being the sports writer of the year. Oh, I did forget you're in, right. in uh, North Dakota. So a big round of applause to you, and very, very well deserved. You're our so guy. You're you're our guy, and we want uh, we want everybody in the state of Minnesota to know that you accomplished that. You so, did all the work, but I'll, I'll, I'm the one that nominated you, Brad. Are you giving us some credit for that? You know, do you think or no? <laughs> Absolutely, you guys are my best PR guys around. So. Thank you, thank you. Um, All right, now you know, I, and and, you, and and which leads me into my next subject, and Kevin will bring it up. Um, before you do that, can yeah. I bring in one more thing? I just because I know where where Pat's going to, and and this is going to open up another can of worms. But I wanted to go back to North Dakota for a second. In what a week it's been to be a North Dakota alumni. Besser gets nominated to the All Star team. T.J. Oshie has a hat trick, and Tony Herkus saves a person's life. Yeah, did you hear yeah. that story? Yeah, Pat? unbelievable. I, I know you had it in your your little uh, Grand Forks Herald as well, Brad. But uh, w- what a story for Tony Herkus. Yeah, apparently he was uh, at a game in, in Los Angeles, and there was a league staffer that was choking in the press box, and 
uh, he jumped into action and and saved that person's life. So um, really cool, uh, um, you know, that Tony was able to step in and, and knew what to do in that situation. Yeah. Um, definitely a hero this week. And if for anyone who doesn't know Tony, he's a, probably one of the most mild-mannered guys uh, yeah. you ever Tom just had him on the air. We had and, him on a just, week ago. And just a, uh, just a great, yeah. great person. And, you know, and obviously we know how great a player he was. But um, you win the Sports Writer of the Year uh, for a reason. You love to stir the pot. And, uh, you know, I mean, something you and I have had conversations about for years. Um, um, please, please, the floor is yours. Explain your um, article on the changing of the regionals and your ideas. And, and, and the reaction that you've got. And the reaction. Yeah, so my, my idea for the NCAA regionals is to bring them to home uh, on-campus venues. And the, the format uh, I've uh, advocated for is to play the first round. Uh, you know, you go through 16 teams, 1 versus 16, 2 versus 15, 3 versus 14, and so on. Uh, the higher seed gets to host that game at their place. Then you go to the next week. And again, the, the t- you go to the quarterfinals and the four highest remaining seeds host again at their home venues. And the reason being, there's just too many regionals where the attendance isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the games I pointed out, Minnesota played Western Michigan to go to the Frozen Four two years ago. That game occurred in Worcester, Massachusetts. It was the smallest crowd to watch a gopher game the entire season. Now, when the smallest crowd all season is watching your biggest game, that's a problem to me. Yep. Um, it's not a problem. It's embarrassing is, is what watch, it is. Yes. And we watch uh, the, the other two things I would say, you know, playoff hockey games, one of the reasons everyone loves them is because the atmospheres are just crazy. And, and you, you can't turn away. You have to watch them. And, and I think college hockey could have that, but, but we don't right now. And, and the other thing is a lot of these leagues have started changing their conference tournaments to playing at home venues. Yes. And this is why I think this is, there is potential for change now. Uh, and I've watched these, some of these games. Uh, Mankato's hosted a couple of games, and the atmosphere there has been unbelievable. Uh, you guys have seen uh, Mariucci host the Big Ten title game the last two years, and all I hear about is how unbelievable the atmosphere is. And I think we could have this at every single regional game, whether it's at a big venue like Ralph Engelstead Arena or Mariucci, or whether it's at a small venue like, if, say, if Union hosted, that place would be packed to the rafters. Um, so that's that's what I want to see, uh, and that's my argument. Okay, here, here's um, here's my thoughts. Right, um, you know all these coaches. I know all these coaches. Um, uh, a lot of these, uh, the majority of these coaches have played college hockey, and and yeah. you can sit in a bar and talk to them, and you know say all the right things, and have them say all the right things, and. And if you ask them to a man, how'd you like playing on the road? Did it affect you? They loved it because they loved the atmosphere. But here's what I don't get. Here's the fatal flaw, right? If they wanted it, Schloss, if these coaches wanted it, it would be done. 
but yep. they don't because they don't want to, their teams to have to go into a Grand Forks, a Mariucci, a Yost, uh, uh, a Cole Center, wherever, wherever, and, and play on the road. And that's what blows me away because as players, they didn't care. Yeah. They didn't care. Right? Yeah, and exactly. And that's the thing. I, I think there are too many coaches. Uh, there, there are a lot of coaches that are staunchly behind this format of going to home sites. Yep. But there are too many who say, look, we're not going to ever be a top eight seed. I'd rather go play in front of nobody than go on the road. Yeah. And I think that is a, it's too, it's not looking out what's good for the game. Right. It's not good for the players. Yeah. It's terrible for the fans. It's awful on TV. Yep. If, you know, I, I think of myself, I, I'm a big sports fan. I, I don't watch college baseball for the regular season, but I'm tuning into the World college tournament. You're right. the big stakes. You want to watch it. And if I'm flipping on a game and there is nobody in the stands, I'm gone. I'm not going to sit there and watch it. And I think that's what people probably do with hockey. Yep. Whereas if there's a great crowd, people are going to stay. They're going to watch and say, wow, college hockey is unbelievable. You know, and in case in point, look at the last two years of the Big Ten Championship. It was played yep, where? Exactly. At Mariucci Arena. Do you think the Michigan Wolverines cared if they came into Mariucci? Obviously not, because they won both of them. Yes, exactly. It's it's not preventing road teams from winning. It is giving. I think it gives them, uh, even the road teams, a, a memory uh, of a lifetime. I mean, imagine making the NCAA tournament one time in your career, and that game being played in front of nobody. That doesn't feel like a big game, right? That doesn't it, feel like a, a huge stakes. I think if they go on the road. Uh, and have a crazy crowd. They're gonna. That's gonna be something the rest of their life they remember and say, "Man, I played in in this, and it was great." And sometimes, you know, the home team they they feel the pressure and they and they and they play differently. Uh-huh. You know, and so yeah. I, I I hope Schloss. Listen, you know, you have the backing of Beyond the Pond, but yeah, um, good luck, good luck, change yeah. it. I I I, yeah. I know I'm sounding skeptical. But I, you know, but why? This is common sense, and it, we've talked about this it, forever. It doesn't matter. We well, can we it, yeah. the wrong people are talking about it. You know, the Brad Schlossmans, Kevin yeah. Fallnesses of the world. The wrong people are yeah. talking about. It's got to come from the coaches and their ads, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And and the two reasons I think it could happen now. Um, first of all, number one, I, I hear people they're like, well. Um, you're arguing this because it'd be good for North Dakota. And I'm saying, no, no, it wouldn't. Under the current format, North Dakota can bid for a regional every year and host it in Fargo, whether they're a four seed or not. They can host as a lower seed right now and just bid, and that's unfair. Number two, Atlantic Hockey, the CCHA, um, some of these leagues that are believed to be against it, guess how they decide who goes to the tournament right now? Apparently, it's not too big of an advantage to play at home to decide who gets to go. But once they're there, you know, I, I think that's why it has a chance because these these uh, leagues have started to change for their conference playoffs. And now it's really hard to argue that it's too big of an advantage to play at home when that's exactly how they decide who gets to go. Okay. I mean, yeah, be another example, one of the regions, uh, regionals is going to be in Sioux Falls this year, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And let's just say, hypothetically, North Dakota sneaks in 
right? Well, yep. or or let's even say they're you know the number one. Guess where they're going to play? Guess where? Automatically, yeah. right? They're anyway. not going to send North Dakota to I don't even know Maryland or or yeah. Missouri or where's the other one? I I don't know. Yeah. But you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I've well, got the answer. We, Go ahead, Brad. I mean, we, we almost had the scenario last year. If North Dakota wins the NCHC tournament, and they almost did, they are a four seed playing in Fargo <laughs> and probably playing against Quinnipiac. How is that fair to Quinnipiac as a number one what, seed? Their right. best team in school history has to go to Fargo to play North Dakota. It's yeah. not fair. No. So, like, I don't really want to hear about fairness of playing home regionals. At least you'd have to earn it under my scenario, not bid two years in advance and buy a regional. Listen, I've got the answer, and we've been saying this for many years. It needs to have it. You can't leave it up to the coaches, the athletic directors. You can't leave it up to Brad Schlossman. What you need is a commissioner of college and I hockey. Think and got once one again, right here. I nominate Pat Brad McElady. Schlossman. <laughs> you guys can work I, I together. I'll be, we're, we're, I'll we're be your lieutenant. You you're, you're the commissioner of college hockey. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. I, oh, we God. need to make this happen. Please, you've got a voice. <laughs> you're the national sports writer of the year out of North Dakota. You have a voice. You have a platform. Make this happen. All right, so um, where are we with college hockey uh, in terms of who do you like now, Schloss? I mean, to me still, again, I look at it, and there's 10 teams that – you know, 10, 12, maybe 14 teams that are in the hunt. Uh, yeah, I honestly don't remember a year quite like this where there have been so many teams that have been this good. I fill out my poll every Sunday night, and I get down to like 12. And yep. I look at the record of the team that I'm filling in at 12. I'm like, there is no way this team can be 12. I got to bump them up. And then I look at everyone ahead of them, and I'm like, well, there's really no place to go. I think I looked in um, a, a week or so ago at the number of teams that had a 700 pairwise point percentage. Uh, two years ago, four teams finished with that 700 or better. Last year, four teams finished 700 or better. Uh, a week ago when I looked, there were 11 teams huh. that were 700 or better. So there are a lot of good teams this season. Brad, keep fighting the good fight. You know, we're following you on Twitter, at GF. Thanks for joining us, and we'll do this again very soon. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Schloss. We're, we're not worthy. The North Dakota Sports Writer of the Year, Brad Schlossman, he, we call him the Bob McKenzie of college sports, and I stand by that. He's, he's he, one of the good guys. Yeah, he, he, you know, he wants, but it feels like he's you beating want his any, head against the wall. Yeah, well, no question about it. And, and he just wants for the betterment of the game. and love. He loves the game. Yeah, he covers North Dakota, but, man, he covers everybody. Of course he does. You know, and it, uh, um, it's always great stuff from him. All right, so we got Ken Klee coming up at the bottom of this upcoming hour, about 1135, between now and then, open phone lines. You want to get involved in that conversation? How do we fix college hockey from the regional level? College hockey doesn't need to be fixed. I'm just talking no. about the attendance for the, these regions. It seems ridiculous that we're still talking about this after all these years. But what are our, uh, what ideas do you have out there? What are you thinking about your Minnesota Wild coming off a nice victory uh, last night, one and one on the road trip? They'll take on the Hurricanes tomorrow. 
Golden Gopher hockey, high school hockey, or getting ready for Hockey Day Minnesota. It's all on the table and open phone lines coming your way. 800-320-5326. Text us at 64686 or drop us an email. Booth at KFAN.com. The next half hour is yours on Beyond the Pond. This is Wild Head Coach John Hines, and you're listening to Beyond the Pond with Falness and Micheletti on KFAN. Great save, Flurry. Robin Nelson. Listen to the crowd. Joe O'Donnell and Tom Reed on what a week it was for Marc-Andre Fleury. Last night, well on his way to win number 553. Pulled from the game, pulled himself from the game midway through the contest after giving up one goal on 11 shots. Got run early in the game, clipped up high by Blackwood and ended up playing, you know, until he pulled himself. Uh, apparently felt the ill effects of that as the game went on, and uh, that's a bummer. Uh, Did they Mark, call up your guy? They have not called up anyone yet. The only thing I've seen, I haven't seen this officially. I saw Russo tweet this out, that uh, Connor Dewar's been put on IR, and they called up Jake Lucchini. So mm. as long as they don't call up Volstead, you know that Fleury must be okay going into tomorrow. They call up Volstead, then you got problems. You know, yeah, then, then, then Fleury's not available. Right, right. So, so, it, so. And that's not a maybe it was a precaution on on his part. Hopefully, yeah. You know, and he pulled himself, and right. so obviously, and and again, I'm drawing a connection here between the two things because it hasn't been said officially that the incident at the beginning of the game caused him to pull himself in the second period. But it's easy to to draw that to to do right. the math there, right? Um, and that's too bad. And then with the Dewar injury, he got he got low low browed. He was he was going up high. The guy I can't remember who it was gave him a Kurt Giles type hip check and took out his lower body. So that's what he's dealing with now. I'm sure he's feeling the ill effects of that. He didn't return. So this is a banged up group. Marcus Johansson at one point left the game. He got drilled by uh, Aaron Ekblad, put his shoulder or his elbow directly into the jaw of uh, of Johansson and lifted him I, off the ice. I have a controversial subject because it involves your team. Okay. While you're asking that, 800-320-5326. Text us, 64686, booth at com. Wide open phone lines, including Denny, coming up here, but I can't wait to hear it. I'm going to bring you back to the Tampa game. Okay. Okay. And did you see the, the penalty that my guy, Brock Faber, took? Uh, remind me? Uh, the the double cross yes, check from yep. behind. I did see that. Okay. How different was that than the Dylan on Kaprizov? Yeah, it wasn't that much different, was it? No. The the difference is that it buckled uh, a superstar in the National Hockey League. Got him in the right spot. Got him in the right spot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I just throwing it out there. So what are you saying? I'm, that, I'm just. Are you calling I, Brock I, Faber dirty? I, I'm just calling it. I'm asking you if you think the hit was similar. It or is. the infraction. It and is. any different. But the player that he got for Tampa Bay wasn't of the ilk of Caprice. Well, yeah. Well, then, yeah. Then you eliminate how many how many players? Well, in you got to protect your superstars. Yeah, and that's something that the NHL isn't doing Agreed. at this point in Agreed. time. Agreed. Agreed. I, I the, the point being, it was a good good call. Yeah, it was a good call. Right, and that stuff's got to be eliminated from the game. 
You want to get involved in the conversation? This is your opportunity. Of course, we'll start it off with Denny in Prior Lake. You know what we should do, Denny? We should do a super show. Get all the podcasts in the world together in one little bowl, mix them together, and just do this super podcast extravaganza. (laughs) Well, you know, guys, you know, my feelings, you have such an opportunity with your podcast we don't have a podcast. We, we we don't have a podcast. The, this is live radio. This is live radio. Yeah, I know, but you do have a podcast that you could use, but that's not what I want to talk about today. Okay. Well, God bless you. What's up? Oh, I knew you were going to say it, Kevin. <laughs> Brock Faber right now, I think, has to be the, uh, the heads-on favorite to win the caller with uh, Bedard out for a couple of months with a broken mouth. Uh, you know, as I talked about before, I, I think he's in the elite class. He doesn't bring uh, go up the ice like Bobby Orr did, but he does everything else just as good or better. And he's just a kid. Just think in a couple of years where he's going to be. Well, I, I don't want to get into the... I don't want to get into the debate because... You know, um, everybody in Chicago will think it's Bedard. Everybody, uh, who's the third candidate? There oh, that, I know. You know, I mean, Fantilli's an option. You know, Fantilli's had a good year in in, in low line Columbus. You know, on a on a terrible team. Um, they're all great players. Um, you know, I think uh, I think he'll certainly be on the rookie team for sure. Oh, Do for they, sure. You know, so here's here's the thing with Bedard. He's got the PR machine behind him and for good reason. He's a generational type player. Yeah. He's of the ilk of, you know, real elite company. And they, you know, unless he falls flat on his face, which I don't think he will, even no. when he comes back from injury from a fractured jaw, the guy is continues to light it up for a very bad team at, at, at this point in time. And my guess is he's the odds on favor to win it. But that should take nothing away from what Faber has accomplished this season. He's been lights out yeah. and is closing yeah. the gap every time he touches I the I look ice. at it as I don't really care if he wins it. I'm glad he's on this team and will Without be for the next 10, 15 years and probably wearing the C, uh, you know, uh, very shortly. Uh, in my opinion. Yeah, you and, know, and you know him better than I do, yeah. but listening to Brock Faber, what he does on the ice, far it matters way more than anything he does off the ice, but listening to him in that locker room, he's mm. become a go-to quote in that locker room because right. he's so poised, he'll tell you like it is, and he's just, he's got it all, you know, top and, to bottom. And, and it's so funny is that we saw him in the playoffs last year, right? And we thought, man, man, he's he playing well. Well, he wasn't even unleashed. He didn't even unleash himself. He just wanted to, you know, go with the flow. And and just by doing that, he, he, he was really good. But now we're seeing him get get himself out. Yeah. And man, oh, man. It's just, um, you know, he can control a game. What else you got, Denny? Uh, last but not least. Uh, it is my birthday next Saturday. Happy and, birthday! Uh, Hockey Day, Minnesota. Huh? On Hockey Day, Minnesota. That's awesome. Yes, it is. Now, Lockdown Wild is doing a little party for me at uh, Tom Reed's. If you, you guys are both invited to come by and say hi. Okay. I'll be out of town, unfortunately. I'll be washing my hair. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I had to make the, uh, you know. All right. Well, definitely appreciate the, the invite. invite. If nothing else, say, say hi to Tom Reed for us, okay? And and I'm sure Kevin can work something out where 
Get him a certificate or something, Kevin. Come on. Well, the, well, the Locked On Wild guys should get you a gift certificate. Tell them to get off their wallet. We'll see what we can oh. do, Denny. And my son's part of that. Good luck. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Yeah, have a great wait. birthday, Denny. Yes. Happy birthday to Denny in Prior Lake. Uh, it, bring, it brings up an interesting uh, conversation, though, when we talk about the trade deadline and how it's coming up. Suddenly, the Wild have some mm. newfound money. It, it unfortunately comes with Jared Spurgeon uh, going on the injured reserve, the long-term injured reserve. He's done for the season. Can't use him at, at this point in time, but you've got some extra money now to spend if you want to, to go out and find another defenseman or someone else. Do you think they do that? <sighs> they probably will. I, To me... I don't know. I'm, I'm just. I'm not. I, I, I think there's. They're too far behind the eight ball, to one player or two players or whatever they can get. Um, I don't know if it's going to make that big of a difference, based on where they're at. And nope. you know, that's just. In in all honesty, I, I, I think you're you're chasing it. Then um, I would rather see some of the younger guys in Iowa. Shuffle back and forth. Yeah. Get a chance, you know, get some real minutes, get some real opportunity and, and see what they have where they can reassess this summer, even though they're again up against the cap. Um, See, okay. You know, is this guy really going to be a fit? You know, can we maybe um, showcase some of the younger guys to maybe trade for something uh, you know, down the line or what have you. But I, w- I would just be cautious in that because I looked at what potentially might be available. Meh. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I-, I was looking at, I think it was Chris Johnston on The Athletic had a list of potential targets at the trade deadline, assuming that, uh, you know, teams are sellers, w- what have you. And the most sought-after members of the Minnesota Wild, there were two of them. The second most sought-after would be Marc-Andre Fleury. Do you know who number one was? Oh, Eck. Patrick Maroon. Eck for sure. I yeah. don't think they're getting well, rid of Eck. Would, would you deal Eck if you had the opportunity? I think someone should literally take me outside and shoot me yeah. if if I said I want to bludgeon anyone that considers it. Yeah. He's as important as Volstead is, Caprice is. This kid is the backbone of this franchise. Yeah, no doubt. And you get rid of him. You don't find players no, like this. Him and Faber and Kaprizov and Boldy. And then you can trade anybody else on the team. I don't care. That's it. So that's it. Those four. I agree. I I want to see that kid locked up. That's the next number I want to see. Young enough, and that is what you're going to win a championship with. Those caliber type players. Yep. I don't want to see him go anywhere. But anyway, so of the two most sought after, according to this list, uh, Flurry was second. The first one, Patrick Maroon. Yeah, someone's going to be looking for a fourth liner. Which is what he was when yep. everyone was healthy. And play X amount of minutes, probably 8 to 10, and give you a little, you know, oomph to your lineup. Great attitude, great guy, um, slotted properly, you know, potentially. Proven winner. You're not going to get much for him. I mean, let's, you're, you're just not, yep. you know, fifth, sixth round pick, you know, somewhere in that range. But yeah. You know, and and to have an extra body around for the playoffs, and a guy who's won four cups. Yep. So, why wouldn't you? It makes sense. It makes sense, and that's why he's going to be sought after. I think Mark Andre. I, I'm. I'm. I. I think, and I'm going to stand by this. I think Flurry will be dealt. 
You think so? Yep. I think Jersey needs a goalie. I think Colorado needs a goalie. I think Toronto needs a goalie. Um, we could go on and on with teams that are. How about the How about the Arizona Coyotes? Now they have two younger guys. They're not but, going for a goaltender. They got Connor Ingram. They're, I think they're set. I don't think. But that, he's young and he hasn't played in the playoffs. I, you know, it, that's true. But what he's, he's done he's over the course well. of this season, no, no, he's played well. I know. Yeah, I don't think. But you that's. With that. I think that's what some teams think in in that in that. Just to have that guy come in, what did I, I think? If you were to get a guy that you felt could push you to the next level, like a flurry could to back up Gorgiev to give you that solid one-two punch, that's why a Colorado would go. What, after what him. if what if Flurry went there to back up Ingram and, and 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 really help him along in the playoffs? You could be right because you know. I mean, I don't know, but uh, but I, I'm just saying. Some of these general managers think like that. The team you know, that needs him, the team that needs something is Toronto. I mean, that is a team that is so loaded, but oh. they cannot figure it out between the pipes. The, between Samsonov, uh, who's the other kid? The, the kid that's hurt is Wall, and he's Wall. fantastic, but they can't get him back on the ice. And no. Martin Jones. Martin Jones now is their second option there, and is probably their best option when everybody's uh, – with with Wall not available, yeah. you got Martin Jones and you got uh, uh, Samsonov. Samsonov is a, is a train wreck. Just awful watching them try to hold leads up there in Toronto. Yeah, and and he hasn't been helped by their their decor is awful. It's awful. It always has been. It's oh just like it's gosh. like watching the Oilers. Well, the Oilers, by the way, are are, are a, a load right now. Holy yeah. moly, they figured it they're, out. And they're going to make a deal. They'll make a deal at the deadline to get somebody. What that somebody is, I I don't know. Um, are they looking for a goaltender? I. You know they're always looking for a goaltender. You know, are they? Or you know, right? They may they may try to pluck a defenseman. Yeah. too. That's just a shutdown guy. Um, the, the problem with the Oilers, uh, they, they can't keep the puck out of their own net, but they can score a touchdown. Oh a night. my! They've got gosh. so much firepower, and that that brings you back to the Winnipeg Jets. They continue to roll. They were without Kyle Connor, continue to win. Now they're without Shifley. They continue to win. Yeah. Why? Because they got Hellebuck. And they got Hellebuck, and they play. Hard yeah. defensively, I hate they that team. make it really, really hard. And then they, you know, who's this Velarde kid? You know, um, sneaky uh, tr- uh, acquired in a trade with with the LA Kings. You know, that that's a guy who just scores goals. And follow has been really good for him. So yeah, um, you got to like the, the the Jets. No, I hate them. I they're a very good I like team, the Jets. but I hate them. I, I and everything about them is, is gross. Exactly one month from today. The Wild will be up there in Winnipeg, and who knows what their playoff chances look at that point. But, uh, you know, that's – I don't like the makeup of that. I, I like – like, if I wasn't – if I were a fan of the Winnipeg Jets, man, I would love watching that team. No no doubt about it. Easy to root for if you're, if you're a fan tell of that team. Tell that to team. Nate Schmidt. But what, tell him what? You're not a fan. I'm not. I hate that team. That's that's the new to Dylan me the Sandberg, rivalry. former Bulldog. There's, yeah, Nino Niederreiter's the nicest person Neil on the Pionk. face of the earth. Yeah, that's fine. You know, I like their decor. I mean, they they really worked hard on on the, on the decor that they have, and um, you know, it's pretty. So Morrissey is is yeah. fabulous. That Back. rivalry has really heated up, and I I love it. Uh, go Jets, go! But I hate that like team. Like to go Pack, go. Hate that team, right, Jack? I hate the Packers, and we'll get your Packers. We gotta, yes, Jets. No, no, we hate the Jets. We got to get your uh, NFL predictions too before we wrap things up. We do have Ken Klee coming at the bottom of the hour, but you know what's next after a break, Pat? Jack. Breakaways. Next on Beyond the Pond. This is Wild GM Bill Guerin, and you're listening to Fallness and Micheletti on Beyond the Pond on KFAN. We can-
Wild Hurricanes, tomorrow at 3, on the radio home of the Wild, FM 100.3 KFAN, The Fan. stretch of Beyond the Pond. Again, at the bottom of the hour, we'll talk a little PWHL with a head coach for the Minnesota franchise in Ken Clee. But right now, Patrick, the moment you've been waiting all week for, it is... It's time for Brett Blake Morris Breakaway. Hey, Jack. Blake Morris Breakaway. Yes? I'm going to try to perform like Aaron Jones is going to perform tonight. <laughs> so really well? You're going to break loose? Hopefully. <laughs> Three touchdowns, 150 yards on the oh, ground. You guys God, are delusional. Great? It's, almost like you, the room. it's almost like you have an invested interest in this game, Pat. I, I want to uh, break through that glass and take that Jordan Love jersey right off of you. And put it on? Anyway, yeah. let's, let's move on. Come on, Jack. Uh, they had the wild. This is had five power play goals against the Panthers. They went Oh, for two and looked borderline abysmal in Tampa the night before, which one was the more true Minnesota wild power play? Well, Pat didn't see the game. Um, and it's, it's hard to say, you know, it's such a, this has been such an up and down week, what they did against the Islanders and then come in, let up a touchdown to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then play a pretty decent game for the most part last night against the Panthers. I don't know which is the real hockey team. I still think this team is better than you guys give them credit for. I still think going into the season, this was a top eight projected team in the Western Conference. It hasn't played out that way, but I still think you guys are nuts if you don't think that coming into the season, you didn't have them in the top eight in the Western Conference. I didn't say I didn't have them in the top eight. Number one, I had them as a bubble team. Um, and they're be out below the bubble now. Um, but to your to your question, uh, the power play is, you know, one night good, one night bad. That happens with a lot of teams. I was shocked to see him get five. Um, but, you know, nice to see it happen. I had a franchise record. It's crazy how things go in yep. this league. It was a great performance. Now, I'm going to just say a statement and I'll get uh, oh agree or disagree. I think the lines, as they are right now, are perfect. Rossi centering Caprice off of Zuccarello. I thought you meant the Lions. (laughs) No, the the Lions. The Lions. Okay. Uh, Rossi centering Caprice off Zuccarello. Eck centering Johansson and Boldy. Then your your grit grind line of Hartman, Felino, Maroon. And then whoever's on the fourth line, whether it be Dewar, Duhame, Raska, whoever. Um, That, to me, the only one I might change is Zuccarello and Boldy. I could flip the two of them around. But I like this setup. I like having scoring lines and grit lines instead of mixing and blurring the lines into some weird gray area. Am I on to something or on something? What's your scoring line? The top two lines. Okay. Rossi, Kaprizov, Zuccarello. But you... That's how it should be. This is what I'll tell you. I already know, looking at it, that you're not a fan of 23 in the middle of the speedy wingers. That's not your favorite spot for well, him. Well, you know what? Um, he's had a nice year. He's had a nice year. I still year. think he's a top six talent. And he's Isn't a, he second in rookie scoring? He's some something. I 
read something similar to that. Like he's up there in the rookie leaderboard. He's right there with Fantilli. He's right there with Bedard. And he's right there now with Brock Faber, by the way. Great. Okay, Jack. Do you, do, do you like the line combinations? Yeah, in, that, in the way I mean, situated? that's fine. I mean, you're, listen, what they're dealt with their, with what they have. Yep. And so, um, you know, that's probably that what they feel is the best that they can do to win, to win games. You know, one thing that I should have mentioned that I didn't earlier is they mixed up the defense pairings last night, too. And that means putting Brodeen back with Faber. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, you talk about two guys that can skate. And yeah, having, by the down. way, having Brodeen back is like a breath of fresh oh, air. Boy. And then yeah. you put him with favor. Under, understatement. Yeah. Uh, no no question about it. Uh, those two together are, are dynamic. If the season ended today, your Minnesota Wild would cur- currently pick sixth in the NHL draft. You're in the lottery. You've got a chip chair and a chance to get the number one or just move up into the top two picks, which is really where the draft is as far as I know. I'm not an elite draft mind. That's what I'm told is that those top two is where you want to be. I'm not anti or I'm very anti tank. I don't like cheering for losses. I think trying to lose is unethical, immoral, but I would be lying if I said there wasn't a little part of me last night that's like the one time we could get a high draft pick and we managed to find it's like it's it's bittersweet. I'm not cheering for the wild to lose because my rue brain won't let me. But it is a little bittersweet. Do you feel like at this point we should just see the youngsters as much as we can? I know obviously some of our prospects are in the juniors or overseas. But do you feel like we should just start not trying to lose but seeing what we got I in think the, the prospects? The biggest part about this, Pat, is when you, when you bring up the tank stuff and seeing the young guys, your most prized possessions aren't in North America, right? Or, or they're, they're, yeah. they're either in college or they're overseas in Russia or Sweden. The, the Iowa Wild is what it is. Most of them are up here right now that, that are going to have an impact. You, you still got the Beckmans. You've got the Walkers. Uh, now you're going to get Jake Lucini back up here. Eventually you'll, you'll probably see Volstead. And you, but the blue line for sure. But the most of those guys, you know, you got to wait till the offseason. You're not going to see Ogren make his way over here. You're not going to see Husandinov. Yurov, it sounds like, is still a couple of years away. So it is what it is. Yeah, I, I I hate that word. You know, I I just I don't like it the, the because tank word? yeah, because I any, anybody um they're I'll say it again. These guys are professionals, and and right. they, it's their livelihood, and they you know uh, I don't think any of them will go and say yeah I'm, uh, I'm just not going to try tonight. Try you know? try to say that too. First of all, John Hines who's yep. new here right. and is trying to right. do what he can. Go up to a Matt Zuccarello and say you yeah. know what. I know you're having a great season, yeah. all that stuff, but could you take the your foot off the gas for the rest of this? It's not going to happen. No, no, that's not the way. I it, think it it, it 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 happens by itself. If they end up where they are, it's because of how they played. Again, I'm not trying yeah. to say that. I'm right. not going but, to Zuccarello but, and saying but, but stop. But I will trying. go back to my point. Kevin asked the question about what would you do with that money that they have available. Well, for me, I want to see an O'Rourke and see what he can do. And if I'm the GM, that's what I'd like to. Hey, you know, maybe I don't have to draft a player X, or maybe I don't have to trade for this particular person. So, um, you know, uh, I, I just hope they continue to play hard because they listen, like it or not, you know, we're unhappy that they're not winning, but they're trying. You got one more. I got one more. It's very simple. How can the Wild stop taking penalties? <laughs> because they, they can't kill them. I mean, their, their penalty kill has gone from 
dreadful four to... Four for four last night. Yeah, it, I was going to say it's gone from dreadful to slightly above dreadful. And last night it was really good, but it's at best yeah. inconsistent. Well, let's focus... you got to stay out of the box. It's focus and discipline. Mm. You know, taking that extra stride instead of hooking or, you know, all that, you know... I don't even want to get into the officials because it's just yeah. another not that's for another day. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's just uh, more focus and they didn't help themselves against the Tampa Bay Lightning because not only did they take penalties no, against a very good that. team, but it's oh the top God. power play unit. And by the way, whoever's telling me that the Tampa Bay Lightning are on decline, when I look at Kucherov, Stamkos, Braden Point, Victor Hedman, and then by the way, Vasilevsky between the pipes. Yep. That team is loaded. Well, I don't know are, what's going you know, on in that division, but holy smokes. They're a sneaky team to watch because Vasilevsky's been hurt, hasn't had a great year, but now you know now he's healthy, and if he gets hot, they're going to be tough to beat. You think Stamkos goes anywhere? He, no. he, he's a lightning for life, it, right? Someone should shoot the general manager. No, oh. I'm kidding. Um, but, no, if, if you trade him, he's been everything for that organization. Yeah. I can't believe they didn't sign and him in the offseason. It's, it's almost like Crosby and Melkin in in Pittsburgh. Yeah. You don't trade those Ovechkin guys. Ovechkin in Washington. Yeah. You know, unless they say, trade me. Yeah. And, I, and I think all of them want to play in the same organization um, their whole career. And they just, they've, they've earned that. Yeah. It, it, man, what a franchise that was it is and what a run it was. For Brett Blakemore's breakaways. <laughs> Great job again, Brett. Thank you. Go 49ers. Thank you, Jack. Ew. <laughs> we'll take a break, and then when we continue, we're going to check in with Ken Clee, a former NHL defenseman running the PWHL Minnesota. Get uh, thoughts from him and um, more as we wrap up Beyond the Pond. Final segment of Beyond the Pond for this Saturday morning. Going to the phone lines now, talking a little Minnesota PWHL with their head coach, Ken Klee. Ken, that's Pat Micheletti. I'm Kevin Falness. Welcome to Beyond the Pond. Did I not punch it up? How, how you doing, Ken? I'm doing great. There. How are you guys? There, there we you got are. you. We're great. Um, what's this been like uh, watching your team succeed here through four games? They've won three of them. You've been piling people into XL Energy Center during these home games. Um, you were thrust right into the fire right before the season. How's the transition been? Uh, it's been great. You know, uh, they're great players, so it makes it easy uh, to come in. And, you know, like I've said before, I've kind of been thrust into this before. Like coaching the national team, you basically get a week to, to kind of get your team together and uh, be ready because if you drop a game, you might lose a medal. So um, I kind of understand the way that pressure is and just trying to make sure that I – I get my message across and hopefully uh, get everybody to get on the same page as fast as possible. Uh, before we continue on with, with the current team you're coaching, uh, must have been fun for you to be, I'm, I'm assuming you were in attendance last night at Mariucci to watch your son play. Uh, yes, I was. Yes, I was. Yep. I would uh, I would have liked a little better first period from him, but uh, that's how it goes. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I, I, you know what? I, I, I've seen this team uh, early on, and you know, with sixteen new players in the in the in the in the big guns that they lost from last year, um, you know, they they didn't quit last night. They kept playing and uh, and actually made it pretty close for a while. Yeah, no, they, they, they've been battling all year, to be honest with you. I mean, yep. I, I agree with you. It's tough losing all those numbers, but, 
yeah, Ohio State, they found a way to get a lot of splits. And, uh, you know, they didn't – I don't think they got their first regulation Big Ten win until last a couple weekend. weeks ago. But right. I think they um, – you know, they've had – they beat Michigan in overtime. They obviously beat Minnesota one game in overtime as well. So, you know, they're they're right there. They're they're playing tough. They uh, they play stingy defense. There's no quit in them. So, it's exciting. Uh, you know, I know for my son to be a part of it that, you know, they're just there and, and battling every night. Of, of course, we're a couple of old guys on this end of the, the, the line, and we're big fans of the WCHA in days gone by. Um, you're probably new to this Big Ten situation and watching these teams perform. What have you? What have been your thoughts of the Big Ten, watching your kid there with the Buckeyes and a very competitive conference? Yeah, no, it, it's a really strong conference. It's fun to watch. I mean, you look at the crowds. I got to go watch him in Michigan. Uh, I've been to Ohio State as well to watch him, and now here in Minnesota, so... Uh, I think it's great. I mean, it's great for hockey. I, you know, obviously I know Notre Dame draws well too. So, you know, it's definitely a, a solid conference and exciting to see. You know, let, let's get back to, to to your current team. And, uh, you know, you, you're around these, these ladies every day and, and working with them. But I, I'm just astonished at the skill level and the skating um, that they possessed. Did, did, did it just kind of floor you? Um you know, to be able to coach these, these, these women and, and, and just watch them perform. Yeah, I think it definitely did. I mean, I, to be honest with you, when I first took over the national team and uh, I guess it was, I got a phone call in 2014 asking if I would come to a U22 camp, you know, I was, I, I didn't know what to expect. I called right. uh, a good buddy of mine, Pierre Turgeon, cause he's, you know, he has daughters who play and, and he's like, Kenny, you're going to love it. They have skill. He's like, you're going to get to coach the best of the best. They can skate, they can pass, they can shoot. They love the game. They have passion. You know, it's just exciting to work with them every day. And and he was he was spot on. I mean, I, I love my time with the national team, and then and obviously now with Team Minnesota. I mean, we have a bunch of those players, but you know, like I made the comparison to our games feel like Canada U.S. games every night, which is really exciting, not only for me, but I think for the players too, knowing that every game matters. Um, every game is going to be tight. You know, it's just that, you know, you like to compete and you like to compete, you know, against other good competition. And, and that's what we've seen so far every night, which yeah. is really fun. Yeah. And, and just, you know, you know, being around the game, you know, obviously not, not the women's game as much as you have, um, but, you know, in talking to them and, you know, to a, to a, a girl, um, they just, they, it just, it, it appears to me anyway, they just want to learn and keep getting better. And, you know, and, and that's what I, you know, you know, and you bring up the word passion, um, their passion for the game is, is off the charts. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think one of the things I had a hard time kind of wrapping my head around early on was, okay, you know, where are all these girls playing? Like they, the ones that are in college, I get it. You know, they're getting a degree, but the ones that were post-grads, I was like, well, how do they, how do they pay bills? How do they, you know, they're not getting paid like NHL salaries like I did, but, but still they train every day like NHLers. They, you know, they're there to compete every day. I mean, they, they train harder than a lot of NHLers that I played with. So I can tell you that for sure. But so now it's certainly, uh, for me, it's come full circle for them to actually to be paid for what they're doing, for what they love. Uh, it's just an awesome opportunity for them. I think it's great for the, for the women's game as a whole. I think the, the overall talent pool has gotten way bigger. And and there's just a ton of really good players out there, so it's really it's really exciting. So so where do we go from here? I mean, you know the the you know every you know, you know the crowds have been great. The the player the 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 play has been phenomenal. Um, you know it, it. How do we take this to to the next step? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I got to give credit to the league. I mean, I think the league has done a phenomenal job in a very short time to be able to put together, you know, this schedule, you know, playing for us at XL. Others are playing at, you know, UMass Lowell or we were at the Ottawa 67s home the other day. Um, you know, I mean, it's just for me, it's just it's only going to get better as as the league is has its feet under it. And, you know, I mean, they've done so much like I could not imagine putting together a schedule and the travel and the draft and everything just in a few months. I mean, that, that those are things that the NHL takes a year. Like right now, the NHL schedule is being completed for next year if it's not already done. Whereas, I mean, these people did it in just a matter of a couple months. So, I mean, it's a huge kudos to them. So I think better and better from here. And uh, I think the, the player pool is going to get better. I went and watched Wisconsin and Minnesota the other day play. Um, and, you know, again, the, some of the players that, you know, Wisconsin were unreal. You know, obviously the Gophers have some good players too with Abby Murphy and that. But, you know, for me, it's just the, the, the talent pool is only going to get bigger. Um, you know, now that players know they can have a place to go after college, I think they'll continue to, to improve and to train and, and to really work on their craft, which I know they love to do. Talking to Ken Clee, head coach of the Minnesota chapter of the PWHL. I shortchanged you to start the uh, interview. You guys have actually won four of five, including a 3-2 victory over Ottawa this past Wednesday. Now you're off until next Wednesday when you host Montreal at XL Energy Center. Seven o'clock puck drop here in the state of hockey. Uh, what are you doing with your time then for uh, with a week off in between games? Well, yeah, I mean, we had a, we had a bit of a tough travel day on Thursday, so that day kind of got wiped, and then... Uh, Yesterday, I know the players all got treatment and stuff and, and get themselves taken care of. Today is, is kind of our regular, normal off day, and then we'll we'll get back at it uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday and uh, be ready to rock on Wednesday. So that's that's kind of the plan. When you talk about the PWHL doing it right, um, I think that means just about everything. When, when you talk about the, the fact that you've got these loaded lineups and you're playing in these facilities, you guys are playing at XL Energy Center, practicing at Trier Rink in St. Paul, from your own standpoint, how nice is it to be able to work? And I know how good TRIA is, and I know how good XL Energy Center is. How much are you enjoying the uh, the facilities you have to work in? Yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, from the get-go, you know, I think the ownership group said, hey, we want this to be, you know, first class and be, you know, a, a run as a first-class organization like the NHL would be. And so, you know, I think they've, you know, that's a tall order to do, but I think they're, you know, doing their best to live up to it, and, and I'm certainly enjoying it. I mean, it's it spoils me to have a, a full coach's room and, and to be able to, to get my work done there, to be able to have meetings, to be able to, you know, have everything. That way the players know they're being treated well, you know, which is, which again, is just another uh, a good thing for them. Last thing then, give me uh, a recap of a wonderful National Hockey League career. 14 seasons in the NHL, starting with the Capitals back in 1994 and going all the way through 2009 with the Phoenix Coyotes. Again, we're old-time hockey guys, so we remember the name Ken Clee. Uh, what do you take from your time uh, on the NHL stage? Yeah, no, I mean, it was phenomenal. I mean, I, I would have never, you know, my wildest dream that I would have the kind of career I did. Um, but, you know, I was fortunate to, to play with a lot of great players, have a lot of great coaches kind of help me, and I think that's part of the reason I'm so kind of invested in these players, trying to help them. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, for me, it's a kind of a passing of the torch and, and then it's, you know, it's on. So I, I certainly enjoyed my time. I played, like I said, for some great, great teams, great organizations, uh, great coaches. Uh, it, it was just, you know, an honor to be able to play, to be able to get paid for what to do what you love and, uh, and just really exciting. Well, Ken, um, 
you know, have fun tonight at Mariucci. Go Gophers. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that. enjoy yeah, Mason. Know. Uh, you know, a, I'm hoping for the Bucs. Yeah, go. yeah. No, Mason is a, is a good young player and, and fun to watch. And, uh, Thank you. And, and that, uh, that team is going to um, make it very, very difficult on some teams this second half. That's for sure. Yeah, no question. Thanks, Ken. Good luck here, uh, not only tonight, but uh, this season with the PWHL Minnesota. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Ken. There he is, Ken Clee, former NHL defenseman, now head coach for the Minnesota PWHL. Find him online, minnesota.thepwhl.com. I wasn't, I wasn't very nice to him, was I? He, he has he to understand. It. He knows. You're Pat freaking Micheletti. No, no, no. But, but his son's a good player, and... Um, and, and and really, I you know, I, talking to to Coach um, Steve Rollick, uh, who, who's you know Hill Murray grad and former Badger, um, has done a great job with Ohio State. You know, to take sixteen new players in, yeah. and and it takes time. And um, but they've got a lot of talent on that team. It's not going to be a layup tonight. And- uh, for Minnesota, and I mentioned to him about the uh, strength of schedule there in uh, the Big Ten. I mean that I, I think it's, everyone it's, was skeptical yeah. how things would be going from the WCHA to the Big Ten, but every night's a dogfight in that league. It is, and you know you you see last night Michigan, who was in fifth place in the conference, goes into number one Michigan State and beats them seven one, hammers them, and you know I mean that's that's the. You know that's that's the thing about the Big Ten. You you got to be ready to play every night, and and it's really really hard to sweep in this league. You are a well-rounded sports individual, and on this station, you definitely get your fill of football. Yeah, but go, I, I, I got to ask you about it, the playoffs because uh, coming up here later on on the on FM one hundred point three, the fan. Of course, there's going to be a doubleheader. I'm going to leave the Packers uh, and 49ers for the end. Yeah, but I want to get your take on how about let's start with at two thirty. You got the Texans. And the Ravens, Ravens favored by nine and a half on their home field. I'm calling upset. I'm calling Stroud to Collins a couple times today, and they um, they're going to upset Baltimore. Write that down, Brett. Tomorrow you got the Buccaneers and the Lions. You have to be picking the Detroit Lions in this. Love one. them. Okay. Love the Lions. Favored but, by six. But Baker Mayfield at a hockey game the other night. How could you not cheer for him? <laughs> Right? You see That's him in Tampa? Oh, of course I did. All right. All He's right. the uh, Taylor Swift of the NHL. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, the nightcap tomorrow night. Bills taking on the Chiefs. That one should be fun in Buffalo. Hopefully they've got the uh, snow pulled away. Buffalo favored by three on their home field. I have zero confidence in the Buffalo Bills. Zero confidence. You're still on the Chiefs bandwagon? I am. On, as long as Kelsey and Mahomes and, and the fight doctor, uh, Ferdy Pacheco in the backfield. Um I like uh, I like the Chiefs. You're picking the Chiefs to go into Orchard Park and come away with a win over the Bills. And then, of course, the nightcap tonight, 6-15 right here on the fan, I believe. Is that 7-15? I don't know if this is Eastern or, or whatever time. I think it's a 7. Seven, seven-ish, yeah. something like that. The Packers going into Santa Clara, Levi Stadium, to take on the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers favored by 10. Yep. If Purdy is mediocre, the Packers win. Brett? Mm. Yeah, I mean, they've just got to... Purdy has a tendency to try to be somebody he's not when he just delivers the ball to McCaffrey or Samuel or Ayuk. He's fine. What's your prediction? I think the Pack are going to win. I'm feeling the 
Love. There oh, you go. Go, Jack. Go, Jacko. He played that, uh, that cut it's with It's not uh, Go, Paco. It's Go, Jacko. Can you feel the love tonight? Elton John for Dave Sinekin as they talk yes. a little Green Bay Packers. <laughs> We've had a bunch of love puns. No, I... I I have no expectations. They they could lose. And the former if, golfer in the in the uh, playing linebacker for the uh, Packers, Devonder Campbell. Thank yes. you very good. I'm, I'm uh, glad you know him. Of course, I wouldn't miss him. Um, no, he's really good. But they've got so many weapons over at San Fran. So all I have to say is, go pack, go. I'm picking the 49ers by 14 points. Yeah, fair. Enough. They win by two touchdowns good at luck. home. And the Packers get stomped. Uh, real quick about your uh, Golden Gophers. You're going to be on the radio call tonight with Wally and Frank? Yeah, I'll be on with them. And it, it's a really important game for Minnesota. It's As I mentioned, it's tough to sweep in this league. You're at home. You played well last night. you got to follow it up. And um, that's been the problem of a lot of teams in the Big Ten. You have to be able to follow it up game after game. So, that's what I'm looking for tonight. So much fun last night. Hopefully you get a chance to gargle tonight some hot water or something. I don't know I'm what you do. I'm just going to let Frank and Wally do the talking, and I've, I'll just make them laugh. They uh, they were good last night, and uh, we played They're the— They're always uh, good. I, they, I, oh, I'm going right. to tell them that— you, I don't mean they were good. They were having fun last night. I'll put it that way. And uh, you, so you, heard they were you, so you don't like, think they're any good? I think they're fine. But yes, of course I think they're good. I, I'm, Frank, are you listening? I'm Frank's biggest fan. I got fan your back, Frank. It. I don't know Whatever. about that. Anyway. I chirp Mazako more often than he chirps me, and I, I, I love that man like a father. Maybe not quite to that extent, but still. Yeah, I know you guys will have some fun tonight. They're yep. going to drop the puck on that one. 7 o'clock, you can hear that locally on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and FM 103.5. Tomorrow, the Wild take the ice. they got the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, two out of the last three games That's, have been very good. Hey, let's go back-to-back, back, right? Get another win. Start to get on a streak. I'm interested to see what happens with Mark Andre Fleury. Regardless, uh, Philip Gustafson shaky since returning from injury. Yeah, it'd be nice to get him going. You know what? Well, else was good last night. Kirill Kaprizov, a pair of goals. His good first two goals. Good to see since almost Christmas, and his first two goals since returning from injury. You, so you get him on a heater. That will help a lot. Very much so. Uh, quickly, in a nutshell, what do you think about this Carolina Hurricanes what, team? What are the Wild up against? They're kind of struggling, and I'm surprised. Um, I think they've got goaltending issues. Uh, I like their back end. I like their forwards, but you know, you, you got to win games, right? And um, they're fighting for a playoff spot. You're on the road next week, you tell me? I am. Sioux Falls opening up Midco Arena for our good friend Garrett Raboyne, by the way. Big win at Arizona State. Yes. I'm very disappointed in the NCAA that they are not allowed to play in their conference tournament. Set up Raboyne for next week. Uh, That's your job. I will. Okay. Pat, good luck. Enjoy. Have fun tonight. Sounds great. Pat Micheletti on the call tonight. Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and FM 103.5. Again, they'll drop the puck on that one at 7 o'clock. Available on the Big Ten Network. Next time I'll talk to you is for the Wild pregame. 345 tomorrow afternoon from Raleigh, North Carolina. Puck drops at 4 o'clock as the Wild finish off their three-game trip uh, out east against the Hurricanes right here on FM 100.3. The Fan. For Brett Blakemore and Pat Micheletti, I'm Kevin Falness. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Pond.